from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. It was just a week ago that the conversation was Dak figured it all out. That Dak was better. That everything we needed to see from him could carry forward. But now, on the heels of a performance where it's pretty easy to look squarely at Dak and say we know why the Cowboys lost, the question becomes how do we save the player and how do we analyze where he really is right now? Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers were presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, HD, man, like, I'm torn on this, right? Like, because last week you and I talked about the fact that it is an overreactionary world we live in. Like, the minute we see good from Dak, everything's great. The minute we mm-hmm. see bad from Dak, everything's terrible. Well, now in the last eight days, we've seen good and less than that. We've seen good <laughs> and bad. And we went from Dak's part of the reason they beat the Bucks to Dak feels like the main reason they lost to the 49ers. And it makes it hard to figure out what we're even supposed to say when it comes to the evaluation of their quarterback. Well, I think it's the epitome of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. When you look at the game that they played in the first round versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dak Prescott and how uh, quickly he made decisions, how he utilized his legs, how he threw the football around effectively and on target, right? How he was not the reason that they lost a game, but was the reason and the main reason why they actually won a football game. But then you turn over to the, the game against the San Francisco 49ers, who granted had the number one defense in the country, but... You look at the first interception, and I'm not just going to put 100% that on on Dak Prescott because Michael Gallup, we call that a pin route, right? And the reason why it's different from a a comeback or a shortened comeback, what we used to call as a Puma, is that on a pin route, at the top of your route, you're turning inside to the quarterback and you're coming straight down your stem. A comeback, you're turning outside and coming down your stem. So Michael Gallup in that situation, once he hit 14 yards, you got to come straight down your stem. You, you can't drift outwards, but Dak still at the same time threw it a little bit late, probably should have just ate it and threw it out of bounds. But then you see, you know, in the second half, C.D. Lamb on a wide open goal route. Uh, destroyed the defender. Dak underthrew the ball to the point to where CeeDee Lamb got pass interference. But who cares about pass interference? Catch it or throw that football with CD in stride so he can cut the touchdown. Then we see the play with Michael Gallup. Leaned the corner out to perfection, right, before he hit him on the post. But then Dak Prescott didn't put the ball in the proper place. But then we also seen Dak Prescott stare down his tight end and the ball almost get picked off by Dre Greenlaw uh, or Fred Warner, whichever linebacker it was. I think it was Dre Greenlaw. But then before halftime, you got a second and two at the 18-yard line of San Francisco, and Dak Prescott is not reading things correctly, and he throws an interception that bounces off um, uh, Jimmy Ward's hands and actually should have got intercepted there, but then it falls into uh, Fred Warner's arms. It's just all those plays combined together led to Dak Prescott not having a great night and being the reason why the Cowboys today – aren't advancing to the NFC Championship game to face their NFC rival, the Philadelphia Eagles. But the hard part about that is, like, 
I, look, we're used to seeing quarterbacks hit a cliff, right? Like all of a sudden, yeah. you wake up one day, old guy can't throw the ball anymore. You're like, ah, it happens. I'm even used to seeing a quarterback that has one great year, and the next year it's like, well, the NFL figured him out. The NFL mm-hmm. hasn't figured out Dak. He's just playing like trash. Like th- there's this moment here where I keep, I, I hear you talking about it, and I see so many smart breakdowns talking about where Dak is going to the wrong place with the football at the wrong time, and there's all of these communication issues. How does that happen for somebody that we've seen largely at least good? Like, we can have the argument all day long about whether Dak is elite or not fine, if people mm-hmm. want to have that argument. But Dak's, Dak hasn't been bad. In the last six weeks, Dak has been mostly bad, and it's been bad at things that are usually simple for quarterbacks. Like, that's hard for me. How do you... It's not just the 11 of 14 interceptions, because even... Uh, 11, or sorry, uh, interceptions in 11 of 14 games. I can even forgive that, Harry, if it's yeah. the guy playing aggressive or the guy making, like, oh, he's just trying to make a... That's not this. This is a guy playing poor football all of a sudden. And, and I think for me, I think I'm at the spot now, Fitz, when I can honestly say and say it with comfort that I think Dak just needs a fresh start with a fresh coaching staff. I honestly feel that way because I spoke about that second and two situation at the 18-yard line of San Fran right before halftime, and I kept asking myself, why would Kellen Moore call a pass right there? And I understand Tony Pollard went out in the game, but you still have Ezekiel Elliott at the running back position. Run the ball right there, and if you get one yard and if you don't pick up the first down, you could potentially quarterback sneak it, have Dak Prescott run the ball himself, or run it two, uh, one more other time, right? Run it again and try to pick up a first down. But if you lost yardage, right, you could have went to the pass play on third down. So I just thought in that moment that wasn't the greatest coaching moment, nor was it the best decision from your quarterback that you're paying $40 million. But, uh, I, when, when I mean by I think Dak needs a fresh start is I don't know if Dak Prescott is getting coached the proper way from at the quarterback position because we have seen a major decline in Dak Prescott and his decision-making. And I'm wondering if Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, who has interviewed for offensive coordinator jobs, or Mike McCarthy, their head coach, who was once a head coach somewhere else and also an offensive uh, play caller calling plays, I wonder if they're getting the best out of Dak. And right now, I can say after looking, looking at this season, they are not. Now, granted, you look at the roster of the, of the Dallas Cowboys, they don't have Amari Cooper. You have CeeDee Lamb out there along with tight end. So their roster is built differently. But at the same time, I don't know if the coaching staff is getting the best out of Dak or if they're coaching Dak up the correct way. Well, let me ask you this. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. I'm watching last night, mm-hmm. and you mentioned Fresh Start. I just kept thinking, look, everybody knows my fandom. I'm a Raiders fan. Everybody knows that. I kept looking at it thinking, would another team, would a quarterback needy team right now be looking at Dak and say, because uh, I've, I've seen some people say, well, maybe it's the thumb. He had a thumb issue. Maybe it's the thumb. I buy the thumb if you're losing control of the football when you're throwing it. I buy the thumb if it looks like physical mistakes. I don't buy the thumb when it looks like mental mistakes, when you're just not seeing the right side of the field that you should be seeing. You're not reading coverages the right way. I'm sitting here wondering if other teams are looking around saying, man, there's still greatness in Dak that I can get out of him, and maybe he just needs a change away from the Cowboys entirely. Like This is one of the most mesmerizing drop-offs I've seen from Mm -hmm. a star player. When you talk about going from playing 
smart, efficient football to suddenly looking like a rookie that doesn't know how to read a defense. Like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. And and you're right. Like it makes me question the coaching. It makes me question the teaching. It makes me question the offensive system. It makes me question the quarterback's comfort. But all through that, if I'm another team that's quarterback needy, like we keep talking about the Colts and you know the Panthers and the mm-hmm. Jets and the Raiders as teams that need a quarterback. I don't. Are you looking at Dak right now, saying, "Man, I, I take that guy. We could still salvage Dak." I don't know how to feel about him. Well, here's the funny thing: like when you look at a team like the New York Jets, and we've seen the horrific quarterback play from them this, this season, they're a team that I don't think are. I don't think they're in a position to say, "You know what? We don't want Dak." I think they would welcome Dak with open right. arms, just just based on what we've seen this year in 2022 from their quarterback play. There are teams out there that can use a quarterback like Dak Prescott. But I also think it uh, comes down to who is your offensive coordinator? Who is your head coach? Who can get the best out of Dak? Who can get Dak to playing top-notch football? And right now, I don't know if that's in Dallas under offensive coordinator Kellen Moore or head coach Mike McCarthy. I mean, it, it is a wild scenario to be in where you're looking at it and you're the Cowboys and you're saying, we know we got our guy. We think we have our guy. And all of a sudden, you know, for, for all the guys, because I think we make wins, losses too much about quarterbacks. I'm the first to mm-hmm. say that. Uh, a peek behind the fourth wall, as I always say. We came in today and there was the conversation of, can you win a Super Bowl with Dak? And I immediately said, well, can you win a Super Bowl with Brock Purdy? Like, I think there's a, a middle ground on Dak where is he one yep. of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL? No. Is he as bad as he's looked over the last six weeks? I don't think so. And if he's, if suddenly you have a quarterback that maybe is a, a upper middle quarterback that's playing like he doesn't know what he's doing with the football, my first thought is immediately, what's he being taught and how's he being taught it? Like we we lean on coaching as a conversation a lot, but man, Harry, it is impossible to see this drop off and not feel like you got to look at it and say why. Like you don't go from being efficient and smart to being just absolutely clueless when it comes to running this offense without me looking at it and saying, God, I'll blame the player, but I got to blame the system too. Well, Fitz, I will also say this. When you pay a quarterback $40 million, granted, you know, if you think he's that guy to get you over the hump or not, but if I'm, I would guess if you're paying him $40 million a year, you would think he's a guy that can get you over the top. Now, what we've seen from Dak Prescott this season, we didn't see him elevate the guys around him, right? We, and, and if we did see it, we've seen it, what, a handful of times. Two times this year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game in the, in the wild card round was one of those games where you needed Dak Prescott to elevate your team and other guys around him is against the number one defense in the National Football League, led by defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans, right? That's when you need him to elevate. That's when you need him to make the throws he's supposed to make. Because if Dak Prescott played great in that game yesterday, the Dallas Cowboys are moving on right now. It is, it's amazing how much we look at Dak's shoulders for this, but I agree with you, Harry, what you just said. It's hard not to because this was a close game. For all of this conversation, by the way, it all leads to one thing. One thing I think we are absolutely viewing the wrong way about this matchup between the Cowboys and the 49ers. I'm going to tell you what it is next. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. It's fun for a little bit, but it's more once you get in the locker room, you're just, all right, now let's move on to the next one. And they display why they were the number one defense tonight. The biggest thing in playoff football is just to get the win, however however you can, by any means necessary. And we got a big game this week, and that's not our ultimate goal either. Fitz.
Bates and Harry, the podcast. With a guard and a tackle several yards from him. Why would they leave Beata? Shouldn't you do that? Snap of the ball to Prescott. Oh, he throws over the middle to Turpin. He gets hammered down by Jimmy Ward. This game is over. And so is the Cowboys' season. The game is over! What a way to end it! The 49ers are on their way to Philadelphia! It's KMBR and 105.3, the fan on the call there. It's Fitz and Harry. ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. All you got to do is tell them, hey! Play ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance, breaking down all the action. We will get to Bill's Bengals in just a minute, I promise you. I know everybody is excited. We got plenty to say about grapefruits, but before we do any of that, just hear me out. Let me let me be a voice of reason for a second, Harry, and then, and then you can go off. Let me be a voice of reason here. Talk to me. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. is it not true that the number five seed in the NFC went on the road to take on the number two seed in the NFC with the best defense in the NFL, and it came down to the very end, and it was a close game where the quarterback didn't play well enough. But still, the number five seed on the road at the number two seed, we are making it sound like the Cowboys were the favorite and they choked in this thing. I would like to at least remind everybody that the number five seed was the Cowboys. The number two seed is the better team in the 49ers, and they had a chance to win this game. Before we go all, like, freaking out, I just think a little (laughs) perspective matters here. That's a, that's a great point by you, but I would also say, though, um, once, you, once you get into those playoffs, anything can happen. Yeah. No matter if you're the one seed, doesn't matter if you're the six, seven seed, five seed, doesn't matter. If you play your best football and you're consistent across the board, you have a chance to win that football game. Okay. So- and the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott, they weren't. Can you now explain to me when best football? Explain to me the last play. Like somebody explain to me what the hell the Cowboys were doing on the last play of the game. So first of all, when I seen it happen, right, I said, what in the hell kind of nonsense is going on? And I thought watching the last play of the season for the Dallas Cowboys last year was comical until I seen them line up (laughs) the way they did on the last play of the game this season, first and foremost, Ezekiel Elliott, you should be mad as hell right now. If they didn't even put you in a, in a position, they even put you in a position to snap the football with the defense alignment over you. And poor Ezekiel Elliott, who got pancake, my, I send the best to you, my man. Second of all, what did they think was going to happen by running that play? What did they, what did Kelly Moore, what did Mike McCarthy think was going to happen, Fitz, by running that play? I, I'm, I'm so curious. I want to see the practice film leading up to that point because I want to see what the play actually looks like. Because what I witnessed, and I'm trying to keep it together right now because it was that funny to me, I'm trying to understand <laughs> what did they think was going to happen against the number one defense in the National Football League to where you are lining up offensive linemen wide as wide receivers. And I can't even keep it together right now. I really can't. I- I'm surprised. I want to know. I want Cowboy fans. I want Cowboy fans to call in and tell us what they thought the Dallas Cowboys were trying to do on the last play of the game. Because I'm so confused right now. Never 
in the history since I've been watching football have I seen anything like this transpire on the offensive side of the ball. Now, I've seen it on special teams with the Indianapolis Colts, but Pat McAfee came out and said that ball wasn't even supposed to be snapped. Ezekiel Elliott lined up at center, Fitz. <laughs> Literally, the man lined up at center and I, got ran over. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Call us, call us Cowboys fans. Defend it. Also defend Dak. I, I, I think the wildest part to me is that the play even went off because all I keep imagining, and there's this story, and I won't I won't give too many of the details away, but I don't think I'm violating any trust here. Our buddy Andrew Hawkins played for the Browns, and he was telling me a story once of he was in the huddle, and they were making a call. The, the call came in, and it was the third or fourth time that the call in a row had put Joe Thomas in a situation. Joe Thomas, the offensive lineman, the Hall of Fame level offensive lineman, did not want to be in. And finally, Joe just looked up when the call came in, and he said, nope, and he just walked to the sidelines. Nope, not doing that. Just walked to the sidelines. All I can imagine is that play call comes in, and every like Zeke is like, oh hell no, and just can walks on. Can I read something for the yeah, people? Please, please I do. want y'all read to listen to, to me. So, Steve Smith Senior is one of my favorite players of all time to play the National Football League. Love his mindset, the way he plays the game, tough as hell. Uh, love the job that he does on TV and whatnot too. So, Steve, I went to his Twitter and seen this. He said, "We the Panthers interviewed Keller Moore for a head coaching job based on the last play for the Cowboy Cowboys." Ain't no way in hell Moore is coaching with us with that trash last play. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have no I have no idea what the Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, the head coach, first of all, the offensive coordinator Kellen Moore number two, and Dad Prescott, the quarterback number three. I have no idea what they thought was gonna happen on that last play of the game against the number one defense in football. It was so comical, man. I was crying last night for about 30 minutes Th- watching it. I rewatched the game, and then when I got to the last play of the game for the Cowboys, I probably watched it 10 times, Fitz. Literally, Think, 10 think times. about what we said repeatedly going into that game, right? Like going into the weekend, going into the playoffs. Stack had to play great was something that we were saying a lot on here, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing that I kept saying is like, it's not just that they can't lose. It's that McCarthy can't lose the game for you. You can't have a moment where you turn around and you're like, what is our head coach thinking? And what did we have in this game? You had a bunch of penalties, again, which has been part of the identity of this football team. You had some questionable clock management. They were almost saved by uh, you know, a, a play where, they, the, uh, where the 49ers stayed in bounds. They were almost saved by that. But some questionable clock management down the end. And then that last play, which raises the question we all have. Jerry Jones, Cowboys owner, we all know who Jerry is. Uh, he was asked directly, is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat? This was his answer. No. No. Decision to, uh, for the, our kicker was exonerated with his field goal in my mind, and I'm proud of him. Uh, but uh, this is uh, this is very sick. I mean, Jerry's just saying no. And it's like, hey, uh, the wrong question was asked there. I don't even care. Today, I don't even care if McCarthy's on the hot seat. I I want somebody to ask Jerry, hey, Jerry, what the hell were they thinking on that last play? Let let Jerry explain that. Oh, my goodness, man. I have no – I want to hear from the people. I want to hear from my listeners. I want to hear from my viewers. I want to know what y'all thought the Dallas Cowboys thought they were doing 
by lining up that way on the last play of the game. Has a last play tickled, like that man. ever worked? There was an offensive play. I mean, I'm not talking about like the Music City Miracle throwback. Like Trick plays have their Where moment. Where your running back is snapping the football, I've never seen anything as, as egregious in my life. Evan, have I, you ever seen anything like I've this? never no, seen I've, anything like I've that. seen it on like the like the uh, playground. Like You have the one guy <laughs> who like snaps the ball, and he's the only guy who can't run out. The like, all-time seen, hiker? All-time yeah, hiker? I've seen an all-time hiker. I, I, I want to say, and you guys know me, I'm overly logis- logical sometimes. I'm the first to admit that. I just I want to rip this thing down to its studs and say this. Your play call was, let's do something where Zeke snaps the ball. We're going to try and trick <laughs> the best defense. We're, we're going to try and trick the best defense in the <laughs> NFL and hope that the best coached defense in the NFL then has a mental breakdown that allows a massive touchdown to happen by utilizing our offensive linemen as possible receivers. Like, what part of what that doesn't feel God's dumb? green earth? Made them think that play was going to be successful. In what what world, in what universe, does anybody think a play like that is going to be successful? I think you guys are totally missing the best part of the Jerry Jones sound. He was asked if Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat, uh, and somehow he says Brett Maher was exonerated. Well, from what? <laughs> you know what? Jerry's a half full, half glass full sort of guy. I like that. Oh, uh, Jerry man. also might have had half a glass or something before he uh, smoked. I wouldn't be mad at it either. All right, we'll keep breaking this get, game down. Get a number to the people again so they can call Fitz. I want to. I want to hear from them. Triple eight. Say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Get in on the Cowboys conversation with us. Plus. We're going to see the top two quarterbacks in the NFL play in the AFC championship game. We all know that, but who's one? Who's two? It's up for debate now. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. It's fun for a little bit, but it's more once you get in the locker room, you're just, all right, now let's move on to the next one. They were number one in several categories throughout the regular season, and they displayed why they were the number one defense tonight. The biggest thing in playoff football is just to get the win, however however you can by any means necessary. I mean, we knew we had to come out and play great football uh, against a great Dallas team. Like, that's a great football team. We, we got a big game this week, and that's not our ultimate goal either. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're also on your smart speakers. All you got to do is say, hey, kindly smart speakers, please play ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You don't have to use your sultry voice, but you can. Harry Douglas, I promised everybody we were going to talk about Bill's Bengals, and we will in a moment, but there are two reasons why we should wait. Number one, Christine Lisi's still sitting next to me, and it's too fresh. It's too new. It's too real, and I get that. I respect that. We should give her a little space. Uh, And number two, she has stormed out. She just left them. Christine's (laughs) like, I'm out. I hate that. No, she, uh, but number two, more importantly, we threw out the phone number uh, to give all of the uh, opportunity for Cowboys fans to maybe give us a little bit of their thoughts on Dak and also of course on that last play what's going on in your mind and what do you know the calls are racked they are stacked they are raring to go Harry should we turn it over to the people 
I want to hear from the people. Triple eight, say ESPN, eight, 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 seven, two, nine, three, seven, seven, six. Never too early to already have favorite callers in our uh, lexicon, but Roy, the truck driver, never know where Roy is driving that truck. We just know Roy's going to be driving that truck. Roy, what you got next for calling us, man? What you got on deck? Man, you guys are killing me. I've been saying for three, four months now, just keep watching Dak. Keep on. You know, I live in San Antonio, so you know what, Dallas? I don't care. I hope y'all hear me loud and clear. Y'all not going nowhere with Dak Prescott, and you guys might be on to something about that coaching staff because something's just not right. He ought to be doing better than what he's doing. He's been there seven years. Now, come on. What's wrong with this picture? Uh, look, I love Roy bringing the heat too. San well, Antonio. I will say this, Roy. Also, um, I'm a field analyst for the XFL and one of the teams is the San Antonio Brahmas. So whenever I'm down there in San Antonio, Roy, uh, we got to find a way to get in contact with one another because I want to meet you, my man. Oh, look at that! Oh Eric. man, Eric's that is so nice, uh, Roy. Yes, sir. Roy's driving the truck though. He could be at any of the XFL games, Harry. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> by the way, we're going to talk. Uh, trust me, there's going to be some XFL coverage on this show. Uh, really excited for Harry. He's going to be do, doing sidelines. I'm also going to be doing the studio show on Sundays for us. Or the uh, it's on it's on digital across all platforms. We're going to cover some XFL here because this show's got some ties to it. Frank in Springfield, Massachusetts. I often go to Springfield, Massachusetts for no particular reason. Frank, Frank. Uh, well, that it might be you know. Where local dispensaries. Frank, what you got, man? Thanks for calling the show. <laughs> Frank, what's up, brother? What's your Cowboys take? You guys are a riot. Let me say that. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, I, unfortunately, I've been a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan for a long time, and Dak is not it, man. It's like one game up, one game down. My wife is saying, what's wrong? And he goes, I'm just wondering which Dak is going to show up. And it didn't take long for us to figure out. But what I want to mention was that pick that Diggs hit it hit him in a bread basket, and um, he couldn't come down with it. And that happened right before that big play that San Francisco did right down the middle. I mean, they had their opportunities to win that game, and they just didn't play didn't play the way that they should. And yes, you have to look at Dak, and you have to look at that coaching staff. And what are they going to do for next year to fix this? I, I love the call, Frank, and I, I feel it. Yep. Like because this this comes back to uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure. There are plenty of teams out there that I think uh, Harry would kill to have. Uh, Dak is their quarterback, but I also think it's fair for Cowboys fans to be a little like at that spot in their relationship with their quarterback where the inconsistency starts to wear you down. Like I can genuinely see both sides. Yes, and I want to touch on what he just talked about, though. And that's why I grabbed my phone so I can go to my notes. And I think that was the 91-yard touchdown drive by the San Francisco 49ers. Yep. In which Trayvon Diggs dropped that interception. Also on that same drive, remember, they had three penalties on that drive. They started the drive off with the offsides by Demarcus Lawrence. And then you had a, a holding penalty that allowed – the San Francisco 49ers to get a, a first down. And I think you had another holding penalty. So yeah, the rare three defensive penalties on one hold. drive, but also a drop interception that could have probably negated that touchdown had Trayvon Diggs held on to it. Let's go to Gary in Jersey. Gary, what you got, man? What's your take on the Cowboys? Thanks for calling Fitz and Harry. Oh, man, it was disappointing. But I think the biggest problem is, number one, you got your next head coach in Dan Quinn. Got to get rid of McCarthy. Get rid of Kellen Moore. 
he's not your offensive coordinator going forward. And once Pollock went down, that game was over. Zeke Elliott should not be the number one running back. I do. I agree a lot with that, Harry. That uh, not necessarily that Zeke can't be a number one, but the game felt different after Pollard went out. And you can see we talked last week about Pollard's ability to find a sliver and turn it into a big gap, and he wasn't able. No Pollard made a huge difference in running the football. No, I, when Tony Pollard went out, I knew the game offensively was going to change uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, granted, at that moment in juncture in the ball game, that's when your offensive coordinator has to be at his highs. Also, your head coach is a former offensive guy and probably still is because I'm pretty sure he's in there on everything and, and what the offense is doing. is doing. So together, and you should always go, go into a game with a plan, hey, if Zeke goes out, what are we going to do? If Tony Pollard goes out, this is what, what we have to you know resort to. Um, but the Dallas Cowboys, they did it. Now, granted, they still had a chance to win that ball game, but Dak didn't play well. He just didn't play well, and then when that defense had to step up, when it, it, it when actually they stepped up the entire night, but that drive, that ninety-nine yard—no, it wasn't ninety-nine. Nine, I forget how it long was, it was. Ninety-one. Yeah, it was 91 a ninety-one yards. yard drive that the San Francisco 49ers went down and scored a touchdown on. That's when they needed to stop the most, and that's the drive where they made the most mistakes. That's the drive where they did drop a, a interception. But I thought it was mainly on the play of Dak Prescott. Um, within that ball game and what he wasn't able to do to will his team to a win. But just think about, as I couch it all in, think about this. you got a team that committed a bunch of penalties, that had dropped interceptions, that had penalties on that last drive that were huge, that was without their superstar running back that couldn't make a difference late in the game and their quarterback didn't play well, and they still barely lost on the road to the number two seed. Before we say everything's all broke, Mm -hmm. that's just the only portion of context that I think we need to add. Well, let me me say this, though, but... How, how long are, uh, are the Dallas Cowboys going to take before they realize they need someone else to get them over the hump? And I'm going to use uh, Mark Jackson with the Golden State Warriors and Steve Kerr. Mark Jackson is a phenomenal coach and was at the time. My brother played for him out there in Golden State during that stint. But it was something that Steve Kerr brought that got, you know, the extra whatever it was out of the Warriors that prepared them into a dynasty now. Well, and, and maybe that's why they need a Sean Payton. We'll keep breaking that down, of course. In the meantime, I promised you we would get to it, and we will get to it. More of your calls, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Plus, the marquee matchup we already know for this weekend features the top two quarterbacks in the AFC, in the NFL, actually. Question is, who's number one? Who's number two? Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry. Mike in Philly. I can't believe, I I just heard this is, you know, why everybody hates Philly sports fans. Okay, which one are you going to watch? I am glued to our next opponent, brother. The Cowboys Niners, who I'm playing next week. So we can start watching film at halftime. So you are so confident in the Eagles. So confident. In the Eagles with with less than 100% of Jalen Hurts. You are so confident that you are willing to skip. Says who? Well, I mean. Says who? Less than 100. Says our our great insiders in our report. Like Diana Rossini is not only a friend, but she's very good at her job. We're not going to bicker about this one little topic about Jalen Hurts being healthy 100% of of Jalen Hills is better than 200% of Daniel Jones. You know what we do around here? We keep the receipts, good or bad. 
888-729-3776 on Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Why'd we keep that receipt? Because Mike in Philly is back. Mike, come on, man. I know you want to take your victory Talk lap. your noise, Get, Mike. Talk your talk, Mike. You called it. You were right. How you feeling today, brother? What happened? Remember, I was going to skip that game. Did we win? Did the Eagles win? <laughs> oh, I think they did. I think they did. You know what? I don't think I need to watch this week's game. I need to do film work on who I'm playing from the AFC. Oh, oh my oh, goodness. That's how sure I am this week. Oh, now, Mike, you just hold, you just hold on now, oh, Mike. Okay, now you, you fired up you Harry Douglas. Mike, so now, I agreed with you last week. I thought that that was the one game that, you know, if I had to go change a poop diaper, if my kids were still little, that I can tell my wife, you know what, baby, I'm going to come change this poop diaper. I'm going to give my kids a bath and a whole nine. And actually, it happened, though. Uh, not the poop diaper, but my wife was like, hey, can you give the kids a bath? And I was like, well, the game's on. She was like, but it's a blowout. And I was like, ah. I was like, no, I'm going to still watch the game. So it didn't happen. But, Mike, you were right. That was the one game I this weekend it. in which anybody – could have did anything a significant other asked him to do because it was that bad. And this is for Evan, a little bit of the victory lap, because he chimed in and said, basically, <laughs> I was trying to date two supermodels, and I'm going to end up with neither. Well, I got them both. Thanks for the call, Mike. I appreciate that. A uh, little transparency oh, here, and we'll man. probably talk about this today on the uh, podcast after the show. Uh, I'm not sure what the rules and regulations are, but I felt a little bad for Devin, the big Giants fan on the show, because I Ooh. felt like I felt like maybe Harry was being a little too truthful in this game. Like I felt like Harry was was uh, Devin. Were I, you okay? I was, during, I during was getting text? attacked by all of y'all in the group <laughs> message because I, I was keeping anybody. it. I was keeping it real with I Devin. Atta- I mean, I, I was just Devin. What, you remember the line that I told you? He told me listen to listen to, to Coach. And, listen uh, to Coach. This Monday, I got to listen to Coach. No. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. There, listen, there, I'm just happy to be here. I was always happy to be here. The Giants should have been here. We got crushed by the better team. There's no doubt about it. I'm realistic, though, and I'm looking forward to the future. You know okay, what? So, Devin, Devin, no lie. So, what's your uh, alcohol intake right now from the night of the game still today on Monday? <laughs> listen, we How have much a full left day in your body so still? I'd say, you know, it's probably 5%. It should be zero, but it's 5%. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is this, Harry. Classic. All I'm saying is this. Now, Harry, you, you are a married man, right, with a family. Yep. yep. If Harry Douglas is sitting on the side of the road because he just got pulled over by the cops, and mm-hmm. that's the moment your wife looks at you and says, "Maybe you shouldn't go over the speed limit." I'm not sure you need to hear it right then. Your analysis was great. I just think maybe giving Devin a little bit, like maybe we could have given Devin a 24 hour grace period Bro, before but we y'all chimed know in on this that. about me. Y'all I know mean, this about me. But you me. know damn well that if your wife looks over you right after you were pulled over and is like, "Maybe you shouldn't have been speeding," you've been like, "Really? Now, now." But the check time this out though. Mm-hmm. I I didn't only just say it during the game. Did I not say it before the game also? Before, during. After he I don't know, me at halftime and say you, you make sure you listen to coach. He called, you? Yes, Wait, he called me at halftime. <laughs> you got called it. Okay, let me be very clear. I love you all. Uh, this is, you, you guys are great, and I love the fact that we have a dynamic group hilarious. text. We are talking in this group text all the time, twenty four seven. Our group text is fired up, talking to each other, talking smack to each other. To be very clear, <laughs> next season when the Raiders play, I'm just gonna turn my phone off because there's no way emotionally I could handle this area. I, I 
I, I, I'm, I'm shook Listen, it by the honesty. I was honesty. so upset at Devin because, right, he, he kept feeding into it. Like, oh, okay, we got a chance. And I'm like, Devin, no, y'all don't. No, nah, that okay? might have been me. I was the one that kept saying like, he still no, got time. No, y'all don't. I was like, you still got plenty of time. I was trying to be a beacon of light in a dark, dark world. Harry, by the way, called me at See, one Devin, point. See, Devin, your real friends, your real friends are going to keep it real with you, Devin, at all times. Yeah, I'm no, in my lowest and my low, and, and, and Harry calls me. He's like, you make sure you listen to Coach. I'm in the worst position I've been in. <laughs> I'm like, yes, coach. You're right. Like, seriously, Harry. Like, again, I'll use a relationship analogy. If your girl walks in the room and you know she's been working really hard on trying to like improve her fitness or whatever, maybe she's wearing a dress she shouldn't wear. You probably don't look at her that day and be like, still looks a little pudgy. Like, there's a way to do that, right? Listen, if my wife came down here right now on this camera, (laughs) on this video, one thing she would tell you. Is that I'm gonna keep it 100 at all times life, or 100? Life, if you want, you want it 100 or 100. I'm gonna keep it both at all times. Life hits much different when you play in the NFL, apparently, because I'm not. Like, no, no, no. I'm gonna say I'm 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 gonna be that you look amazing and this is the best uh, best I've ever seen you guys. Like, I I don't even know uh, how how we break this down. I, I do I, I do it with my kids. My daughter the other day, she thought something looked good, and I was like, I'm sorry, baby, that that looks terrible. Oh wow. And she was like, ah. Oh. And I was like, no, daddy, daddy has to keep it real with you. So, you know, you don't go out here thinking that something looks good when it actually it doesn't. I rarely look at the calls and say there's somebody I need to hang on. Dan Uh in Michigan, I need you to hang on because apparently Dan is ready to explain the Cowboys last. I don't have time to do this right now, Dan. You got to give us a couple of minutes. I don't want to lose the attempt to explain the last play of the Cowboys because this might be Dan's interview to become a head coach somewhere else in the NFL. So we'll get an explanation on the Cowboys last play. Plus, I keep promising you, but I, I do promise you, Mahomes, Burrow, this weekend, the question is, who's better right now? We'll answer that. Fitz and Harry on ESPN. Radio and the ESPN app.